Welcome to episode 159 of the Various and Sundry Podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who gets to golf as part of his job, John Scott Sloat. You middle-named me there. I middle name you every week. Do you every week? Yes. I uh, just don't pay attention. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. I, I am golfing on Thursday. Yes. Knock on wood. Okay. Uh, not not obviously here in Winona Lake, Warsaw area. No, no. I'll be in Florida. Okay. Yeah. That, that's tough that your job sends you to Florida in January. You know, I do get to decide where I go. Hmm. Um, and so – it is no coincidence that <laughs> December, January, uh, and February, I will be heading far south. Yes. Well, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. I'll do. I think I'll do in February. I'll do Atlanta, Alabama. You know, so, some of those areas where we have some alum. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But right now, it's going to be it's, it's South Florida. Yeah, oh, South I mean, Florida. Yeah. The. Uh, you know, I used to make fun of. When I was younger, I used to make fun of older people who couldn't hack the the winter weather and would flee to Florida from November through March or April. Mm-hmm. And now I think, yeah, I was the one who was dumb. They had something figured out there. Oh, yeah. Great idea. <laughs> Great idea. They had something figured out there. And you teach at 1 o'clock today, right? I do. We're recording on the same day this episode drops. So um, we've managed to – Barely squeeze this into our com- yeah. conflicting schedules. It uh, it drops in what uh, eighty minutes? This episode's supposed to drop theoretically. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is knock wood, on I think. some wood. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, if uh, you would like to get in touch with the show, uh, you can find us on Twitter at VNS Pod. Email the show various and sundry podcast at gmail dot com. We are on Facebook. We are on YouTube, and. For the 159th time, I will ask for a five-star rating mm-hmm. and a review. Yep. Yep. Uh, we did have some uh, – we did have Lee from Indiana reach out on Twitter correcting my uh, ignorance of LeBron James's scoring total. Uh, oh. I made some comment that he would break Kareem's record within the next <clears throat> like two or three years and It'll got a – this year? Um. Barring injury? Well, he just cracked uh, – I don't know that it will be this year because he just cracked um, the 38,000 mark like a, a few days ago. OK. And the record is like 38,347 I think. So 347 points. I don't know how many games are left. Playoffs so, count in that? No. No. OK. Actually, he might get it by the end of the season. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, I guess I was not – Fully up to date enough for the for the taste of Lee from Indiana, so we'll call it, it a begrudging retraction. Uh, sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, he actually stopped by my office, like like wanting to hunt me down, which yeah. felt a little aggressive. Wow, felt a little aggressive to me, to be honest. Perhaps a restraining order is in order. <laughs> if it happens again, <laughs> we might be seeking judicial action here. So. All right, John, let's talk a little sports here, uh, which basically at this stage means NFL. Yeah, Um, Uh, NFL. Yeah, NFL. I mean, I I know that the NBA and the NHL are going on. We pay no attention to the NHL. 
NBA, we pay a little bit of attention, a little bit of attention to college basketball, but mm-hmm. it's, it still feels early for that. It was a massive weekend of NFL, NFL football. football. Mm-hmm. So what, if any, games did you watch? Um, I kept tabs on all the games. I watched a little bit of the Giants-Vikings game. That was probably the one I caught the most of. Okay. A bit of an upset there. The most predictable upset of the weekend. Sure. Yes. Um, I I feel badly for Vikings fans because the most self-aware of them understand, like, knew this was going to happen, Mm -hmm. that the Vikings will put together a good regular season, they get in the playoffs, and they just can't be counted on in the playoffs. Um, It's just not something that's – that's just part of their DNA. And so the fact that they lost to the Giants was not surprising at all. No, no. Um, Uh, Coming out for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones seems to – have cemented himself at least for another couple seasons as the yeah, Giants quarterback. I think that's right. I think they should have right. locked him up last year, but hindsight's twenty twenty. It's tough with young quarterbacks, you know, in terms of oh yeah, determining yeah this is our guy and we're going to dump serious money on him because if you're wrong and you've committed a ton of money to a guy, it's tough to get out of those contracts and figure out a way around it. Oh yeah, um, the most. Uh, surprising outcome of the weekend was probably the Jaguars making their historic comeback against the Chargers. I saw on Twitter following this game that the Chargers went up 27-0. Yes. An individual put a $1.4 million bet on the Chargers to win this game. Did you see this? I did, yes. He would have earned on that like $70,000. $70,000. Well, I think it was less than that, the one I saw. Was it? Was it, was it like eleven? Like eleven. Eleven thousand. Okay. Eleven thousand dollars. Okay. Uh he lost one point four million dollars. <laughs> like that that's a gut punch. Yeah. Like, like that's a life altering money. Yeah. I mean it's a third that that's what the third biggest comeback in playoff history, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um which I I was watching that game and um when when the Chargers managed to score Sorry, the the Jaguars managed to score right before the half to make it twenty seven seven. Like, okay, I think there's a shot. It's a long shot, but you get on the board, you got some momentum, and then I believe they got the ball at, after the half as well. No, I think the Chargers did, did but they, they forced like a three and out. They forced, they forced a like quick a three stop and, and then got the ball back and, and went scored. and scored. Yeah. Um, so. It's not often that your quarterback <clears throat> throws four interceptions in the first half and you win the game. Yeah, that's – you know, we, we talked about the Vikings being an organization that, that can't win a playoff game. The Chargers. The Chargers are right there with them. <laughs> yes. You know, the char- – like it's not surprising to me that the Chargers lost no. in dramatic fashion. No, not at all. Uh, let's see. The uh, – one of the better games – was the Bengals and Ravens. Did you catch any of that? Just the highlights. Um, okay. Yeah, big turnover. Well, that that game, I've, I, I'm hard-pressed. I'm sure it's happened. But the kind of sudden momentum change that that was is – not that sudden momentum changes are un, uncommon in, in, mm-hmm. in football. But being as dramatic as that was, to go from – it's what third and goal inside, you know, basically at the one yard line, and you're like, the Ravens are going to score, and go up seven at this point, and in the blink of an eye, 
Cincinnati has scored. It's a true 14-point swing. Instead of Baltimore being up seven, they're down seven now. Yeah. Um, remarkable. But it also shows the danger of reaching the ball out, trying to reach it out over the goal line, unless you're Trevor Lawrence and you're 6'6". Like the, the Huntley guy that tried to do it I think is like 6'1", 6'2". Like you just don't quite have the the reach that yeah. a Trevor Lawrence does. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was kind of funny to see uh, the player that, that ran it back, Sam Hubbard's a, a former Buckeye, and to see him um, – Afterwards, they showed him on the sideline with oxygen, oh, oxygen yeah. mask on. Like. Anytime <laughs> one of those defenders, unless it's a, unless it's a defensive back, yeah. get the ball and run the length of the field, yeah. they need the oxygen. Well, I saw some analytics stat that was basically – it was a 98-yard touchdown, but he ran 123 yards because like he kind of weaved his way a little bit on the, uh, on the return. So – you know those those defensive linemen oh, don't yeah. run 123 yards very often. <laughs> no. Um, and the Bills survived yeah, against that was a the Dolphins. Game. That was, uh, was a surprise. So, um, you know, those were some of the the ones that stood out to me. Uh, and Tom Brady is no longer in the playoffs. We can all be rejoiced in that. Uh, I did, and uh, and he was beat by the Cowboys in yeah. dramatic fashion last night. In fact, yeah. Uh, the Cowboys as an organization have one more playoff win than Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. How wide? I mean, yeah. the, it's it's not like we're talking about the Jaguars, an expansion team right. yeah. no, from this, the 90s. We're, one of the historic franchises in the yes. NFL. Yeah. Yes. Uh, though, did you see Dallas's kicker missed four, four extra, extra points. points? The first mm-hmm. four times he tried an extra point, he missed it. Yeah. Like, does he have a job for next weekend? I think he's a former Jets kicker as well. That, that <laughs> might explain something. But uh. Yeah. So on the NFC side, you've got um, 49ers and Cowboys, Giants and Eagles. And then you on the AFC side, you've got Bills-Bengals. That should be a great That game. should be fun. And Chiefs-Jaguars. Chiefs-Jaguars. Um, yeah. Who did, who, did you, who did you pick to, to win it all? I forget. Did we do a? Did I we feel pick like on we the did. Pod? I feel like I don't we remember did. picking. So I, I, if we did, I don't remember. Um, I think I picked the Bengals. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember who I picked. So if somebody, I, honestly, so if I end up picking somebody different here in a minute, it's not. I'm changing my mind. Okay. I literally have forgotten. Okay. Um, because I, I was like, who did I pick? And I'm like, but with the teams, I would go with the Bills. You'd go with the Bills? Even after a weak showing against the, yeah. the Dolphins? Yeah. Okay. I just think with the Bengals, it's hard. It's rare that a team makes the Super Bowl and loses and then comes back the next year and wins it. That's yeah. exceptionally rare. They're really good, though. I mean, I mean, if Joe Burrow gets to the Super Bowl and loses again, he's the new Jim Kelly. <laughs> well, right? Well, he'd have to. He, I think he'd have to get there one more time because <laughs> Jim <laughs> Kelly got there four times. Yeah. So, you know, that's – um. Yeah. So the that's um. I I like all those. Ma- I think that that Bills Bengals game will be entertaining. Chiefs Jaguars could be, though. I think the Chiefs will probably handily steamroll them. Yeah, I would think so. Yep. Although I like the Jaguars, they're fun. They're a young team. They're yeah. A good quarterback. Young quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Needs yeah. a haircut. I'm not a fan N- of his. Needs hair. a haircut. Um, but if he can, if he can not throw four interceptions, and... <laughs> yeah. that's generally not a recipe for success. Nope. 
and their their running backs good. That ETN, he's 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 mm-hmm. a pretty dynamic player. Um, but it's just hard to see them beating the beating the Chiefs. It is hard. Yeah, just hard to hard to wrap my brain around that. But but still a remarkable season after last year's debacle. Oh yeah, you know, they were terrible last year. I had the whole Herb, Urban Meyer mess, and uh, and yeah, now in the playoffs. Oh yeah. So, um, I've not paid. I've, I watch a little college basketball around this time of year, but I don't pay careful attention to rankings or anything. I know Ohio State has lost four straight games, so there's some panic in Buckeyeville. Um, over and you that. were in Columbus this weekend, weren't you? I will. I will. We'll talk about that oh, will a we? little bit later. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we will. So, um, you ready to move on? Sure. All right, we are continuing our series on the Trinity. So we've done uh, two episodes already. First week we did just kind of a general summary of the doctrine. Then uh, last week we did a discussion of some of the key texts in the New Testament that deal with the Trinity. And now uh, this week we are diving into some texts in the Old Testament dealing with the Trinity. And... um, you know, I think this is one of those places where uh, obviously the doctrine of the Trinity is not clear mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. It's a bit behind the curtain. It is. It is. Um, I would still say it's there. So I, I, I don't think it's fair to say that it's absent from the Old Testament. It's one of those realities that is only visible, mm-hmm. really in light of the New Testament, in light of later revelation about uh, about God. I think it was, I'm going to butcher this quote, but I think it was B.B. Warfield who said, uh, reading the Old Testament on doctrines like this is like walking into a room with the lights off. Mm-hmm. You can like sort of tell there's furniture there, but you're, yep. you, you might bump into it here and there. Uh, but reading it in light of the New Testament is like clicking on the lights yeah. uh, and being able to see everything in, in full view. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a very good analogy from good old Benjamin Breckenridge mm-hmm. Warfield. Yeah, Princeton, right? He was a, yeah. he was a Princeton. Yep, yep. Good dude. Has some good stuff. He was especially strong on uh, doctrine of scripture stuff. Mm-hmm. In particular. Inspiration. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sure. He also has a great essay on what it means to be a seminarian to, to go to seminary. Have you yes. read that? Yes. Or, or, it's or been a, a while. It's been a while. But it's it's not a long. Uh, it's not a long essay, but it's a it's a good one. Yeah. And what is he? Is he early nineteen, late eighteen? Where 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 does he fit? Late nineteenth century, bleeding into the early twentieth, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So late eighteen, early nineteen hundreds. That's correct. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, what we're gonna do? We're just gonna look through some texts in the Old Testament and um, kind of discuss how they point forward towards the Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity. Again, we, I think we have to have the, the appropriate expectations here of like what we're going to see. It's um, suggestive. It's hinting. It's, mm-hmm. it's not um, obvious, um, so to speak. So um, kind of like watching a Christopher Nolan movie the first time through and then watching it again the second time. Like, oh, that's what that's pointing forward to. And then watching it again the third and fourth time yes. through. Yeah. Yes, 100%. All right. Well, do we want to start in Genesis 1? Yes. Is, is, yes, that, is that good? 26 and 27. Uh, uh, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. 
uh, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that is on the earth. So the, the big takeaway, let us make man. Like there's a yeah, plural the, the there. plural references, yeah. Now uh, I've heard some people go, oh, this is God speaking to the angels about what mm-hmm. we're doing. I can tell by your facial expression that does not hold a lot of water. Well, no. I mean, I think it's a reasonable um, interpretive position. Um, uh, others um, others have tried to argue it's sort of a, a plural of majesty mm-hmm. um, where someone speaks in the plural as a sort of enhancement of their status and, and, and that sort of thing. Like they have an entourage. Yeah, exactly. With them when it's really just them. Yeah. Uh, but I do think – um, at a minimum, it's one of those things where it's 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 curious. Like, why do we have this passage right here in the creation account? Um, where you know it's and part of what's striking is that the pattern up to this point has been God saying to whatever He's about to uh, to create. Um, you know, let the earth sprout. Let the let there be lights. Let the waters swarm. Let the earth bring forth living creatures. Uh, here he's addressing himself. Yeah. Let us make man. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think the fact that you've got the plural reference plus, you know, if we continue on to verse twenty seven, there uh, it says. So God created man in his own image. Now it's singular, right? Not, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not in their own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So there's this intriguing uh, dynamic here where there's some, there's some sort of plural dynamic within God. Mm-hmm. And it's reflected in his creation of human beings in a plurality. I think if you didn't have the New Testament, if you just were working with the Old Testament, I can see how you would conclude, oh, this is just God speaking uh, either with the sort of plural of majesty or yeah. addressing his, um, you know, his heavenly course. But the problem with that view is – Angels were not involved in the creation of man. It, 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 or in any other part of the story. Yeah. Uh, in creation. So uh, I think it just kind of breaks down there mm-hmm. in terms of this uh, – like while well, he's addressing the heavenly court or the heavenly hosts, OK, but they're not involved in the creation of man. So I, I just think it breaks down there. So to me, even if you didn't have the New Testament, it's one of those texts where you go – I don't know what to do with that. It yeah. just kind of is an open mystery of what is that plural reference doing there? Yeah. So um, – and it's fascinating too that it's it's on the first page. Yep, yep. You o- know, opening chapter. Here we are. Yeah. Let us make man. Yeah, we're not even like way on in the Old Testament saying like, oh, hey, there's these plural references here. Mm-hmm. It's right in the start. You've got this sort of plurality um, mentioned there. Well, and um, earlier in the chapter, let me get to the early 
verse 2, there's a reference to the Spirit, Yep. right? Uh, yep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters Yes. Uh, as well. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a reference to, sure. to some plurality there as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then if you jump over to chapter 3, in the account of uh, God's judgment on Adam and Eve for their disobedience, um, you have this little gem here, uh, Genesis three twenty two. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Mm-hmm. One of us. Who's the us? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I imagine, I imagine to a uh, uh, early Jewish reader that this, mm-hmm. well, you know, perhaps the royal thing again, yeah. or perhaps you know, talking to the heavenly courts. But yeah, I, again, I don't know that those. And you can make a better argument there mm-hmm. for that, but I still think it doesn't work because um, if you understand the idea of knowing good and evil. That's not like an awareness of it. It's really determining mm-hmm. good and evil for oneself. I don't think that's going to apply to the angels. No. no. So again, a curious little uh, reference there. And then if you jump later in Genesis, in Genesis 11, with language that I think is intentionally uh, echoing earlier language in Genesis, in the account of um, – the Tower of Babel, when God is announcing what he's going to do there. So uh, we'll start in verse 5 of chapter 11, Genesis 11, 5. Uh, sorry, verse 6. Let me start in verse 6. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so they may not understand one another's speech. Let us go down there. So again, it's just sort of latent there. Like the text never gives any explanation as to even a rhyme or reason to why do we suddenly have a plural reference and then all these other singular references um, within God. Uh, So – well, and if you're not a careful reader of the Old Testament here, right? If you're not mm-hmm. looking at the individual words and how they're how they're working together, and you're just blitzing through it. It's something you could miss, for sure, for sure. Uh, let's move on to um, let's let's go to the Isaiah text because here's a t- here's a passage that again I think a lot of Christians are probably familiar with Isaiah six, um, but may have missed this particular feature of Isaiah 6. So this is the um, the account of God commissioning Isaiah to be a prophet. Yeah, this is a fun one. And I think a lot of people are familiar with this text but may, might miss this detail within it or never thought of it in terms of, of Trinitarian theology. So um, why don't we go ahead and read – let's do 6 – let's just do 6-8. That'll work. Okay. Uh, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, uh, Here I am. Send me. Okay. So again, you you, you hear this text talked about oftentimes in context of missions or Mm -hmm. calls to ministry and that sort of thing. That's that's great. 
But it's easy to blitz past that little uh, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Who's the us? Again, now it's in the context of a scene in the heavenly throne room. So I think this one is easier to say, well, you could be talking about his heavenly hosts, God's heavenly court, his angelic beings, and uh, kind of going on behalf of God and all of his angelic hosts. Okay, that one's a little bit more plausible here uh, than it is in the Genesis ones. Mm Mm-hmm. But still curious. Um, so, Trinitarian question for you. Yep. Uh, we have these uh, illusions, maybe the best, uh, the, you know, peeling back the curtain a little bit and seeing that there there is a Trinity in the Old Testament. Um, what does the second person of the Trinity do in, in, in the Old Testament? Are they is is Jesus appearing places is mm-hmm. you know you know how how do you understand some of those things yes so um i think that um uh, one potential place where we see specifically the activity of the sun is some of the appearances of the angel of the lord maybe not all of them i i i want to go case by case okay and not just do blanket statements on that. Because I think some places I'm like, no, I think that's really just an angel versus, no, I think that's probably an appearance of the pre-incarnate son. Um, for example, I think um, when Joshua has his experience with the commander of the of the Lord's army in Joshua – I think it's in Joshua 5. Uh, I think that is an appearance of the pre-incarnate Christ. And what about that passage makes you makes you go there? Well, you're talking about the commander of the Lord's army. And so that seems like a, <clears throat> a sort of a royal position. And so I would see that more likely as, as being the son in that context than just simply an angel. Oftentimes in those angel of the Lord passages, you have the dynamic of the angel of the Lord says something. And then in the next like two sentences, it's it's the Lord saying something or it's or something is true of the Lord or like, like sacrifices being offered to the angel of the Lord. Well, <laughs> I don't know. That's an angel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the Joshua passage now and in in the Joshua passage – uh, he falls down and, and worships this commander of the Lord. Yeah, and isn't rebuked for saying exactly. So. Unlike know, in Revelation, where John falls down before an angel, and the angel's like, "Stop it, <laughs> get up." <laughs> yeah. So that that that's often a, a, a one of the key indicators in that. In those but you want to go case by case. So, I do. So, I don't some, want to make blanket statements. Some people want to go. That's every every appearance of. Yep. Uh, of the commander of the Lord is that. Of the angel of the Lord. Angel of the Lord, excuse me. And I want to say, no, let's go case by case. Okay. So um, what about what about one more case? Yeah. Um, Abraham uh, has the three visitors come to him. Mm -hmm. Do you see, is is that a reference to the Trinity and the fact that there's three of them is? Well, if I were a church father, I'd say yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not a church father. Um, I am inclined to say no. Okay. That that's not. 
Are you are you committed to one of them being a member of the Trinity? Maybe. <laughs> I'm pretty non-committal on that. Okay. I, I I'm not ready to 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 make a definitive statement either way on that one because I, I just haven't done the work. Okay. Sorry, I'm do going you, I'm going you, off script. I know. Here. Do you have an opinion on that? Um, I'm inclined to see one of them as a member of the Trinity. Okay. Um, and my reasoning is is there's discussion of judgment and mm-hmm. uh, you know if there's X number of righteous people in the city, I will you yeah. know you know you know uh, spare yeah. it. That 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 seems to me to be more of a uh, member of the Trinity conversation there. Yeah. So I, I'm Very inclined well to go. Be. I'm inclined to go that there's there's one there. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I haven't been able to answer though is that two of them go to Lot. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the, and the, what happens to the third? Yeah, you know that that always perplexes me, and I never know why. Yeah, yeah, which that is one of those things that makes it, you know, how hard do you push the parallels? Oh yeah, how much do you read into that? How much do you not? I don't know. Anyway, sorry, I no, no. I totally went off. Script no, you're though. fine. Um, I want to get to two more texts. Yeah, uh, Psalm one ten, because uh, this gets picked up in the New Testament repeatedly. Yeah, we were just talking about this passage at church. Psalm 110, uh, verse 1, a psalm of David, the Lord, or Yahweh, says to my Lord, uh, Adonai, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So you have David referring to someone as Lord, who is um, in some sort of close proximity to Yahweh, so that there's Yahweh and this other figure, this Lord, who is uh, given essentially universal dominion mm-hmm. over creation. Uh, which, so again, would you see that if you didn't have the New Testament looking back at it? I think you could at least see something curious there of, yeah, that's interesting. It, it would raise a flag. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a passage that Jesus himself goes to when he's arguing with the religious leaders and basically says, um, you, we all basically, we all know this refers to Messiah and yet Messiah is supposed to be David's son and yet David is referring to this Messiah as his Lord. Mm-hmm. How can he be his Lord and, you know, trying to blow up their categories of, oh, yeah. of Messiahship there. But um, one last passage I want to make sure we get to, Proverbs 8. And this is... Uh, widely debated, even today, uh, was debated within the early church. This is the uh, long uh, section on uh, God's wisdom. And, you know, when you look at some of the language that's that describes what it says of God's wisdom, like uh, verse 22, uh, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Uh, And so it goes on. Um, Let's see. I wanted to pick up. um, It goes on giving some of those different examples. Then he says, uh, down in verse 29, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. 
So either Solomon thinks very highly of himself. <laughs> well, you know, there's plenty of discussion. Uh, is this just sort of a personification of the of God's attribute of wisdom? Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, again, by itself, you can see how that could be read that way. But, um, man, when you look at what the New Testament does with with identifying Christ as the wisdom of God in the flesh, it sure is suggestive that Mm -hmm. there's something more there than just a sort of personification of one of God's attributes, that there's personhood in view there. So so those are some of the texts in the Old Testament uh, that I think are are most essential in discussing the Trinity in the Old Testament. Again, I think a fair reading, apart from the New Testament, is simply to say— these texts suggest the presence of some kind of plurality within the one God. Yeah. So that even if you didn't have uh, the New Testament, you could at least get to that point to say, yes, there is one God for sure, but there's some plural dynamic within that oneness that we don't understand or don't know what to make of. Yeah. And then, of course, the New Testament comes on and flips on the floodlights and you go, oh, <laughs> Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, to me, again, this is an example of why you have to read the Old Testament mm-hmm. in light of the New. Have to. Not just can, not just should, have to. Now, you got to be careful about not overriding what the Old Testament text says on its own. Mm-hmm. But – if you don't read the Old Testament in light of the New, then I think you're um, you are running against the grain of how God wants you to read the Bible. Yeah. So I think the how, doc- how he talked himself about reading yes. the Bible. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so that's the Trinity in the Old Testament. Some of those passages we might be more confident than others uh, about a reference there, but uh, I think that's that's uh, that's a good foundation to build on there. Absolutely. Um, next week, we're doing church history, kind of, right? We're kind of just talking. Yeah, I think that's the plan. Yeah. I, I think we're also in chapel next week. Is that right? On the Thursday. On the Thursday. So yeah. we'll mention that again yeah. on yeah. Tuesday. Got a live episode coming up that we're recording. So, All right. You ready to move on? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Uh, uh, today in sports history, January 17, 2023, uh, 1971. Super Bowl V, or V if you're hip. <laughs> uh, Miami Orange Bowl, Miami, Florida. Uh, Baltimore Colts beat the Dallas Cowboys 16-13. Uh, MVP, Chuck Howley, Dallas linebacker. Yep. When was the last time a linebacker was the MVP of a Super Bowl? Boy, I don't know. Was Ray Lewis? Was he? I don't know. I mean, it almost always goes to a quarterback. Almost always, or... Like if a running back blows up and has like 200-plus yards or yeah, something. Yeah, there was a cornerback that had two or three interceptions for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2002 that got it. Okay. Uh, I can't remember who it was, though. Um, 1982, Czech tennis star Ivan Lend- Lendy? Is that Lendl. That's Lendl. Lendl. Excuse me? Ivan Lendl. Ivan Lendl scores. A 6-7, to 2-6, 7-6, 6-2, 6-4 to to win. <laughs> Over the American, Vitas <laughs> Gularius. Uh, Vitas Gerolitis. 
Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> to claim his first of five ATP Masters Grand Prix titles at Madison Square Garden. Yes. New York City. They I played tennis in Madison Square Garden. Yes. I, I will fully acknowledge that I put that in there just to have you read those names. Okay. Um, and it it will be evident to our listeners who know a little bit about tennis that you do not. <laughs> no. You want to know what? There was in my childhood a brief period where I watched the British Open and the U.S. Open faithfully every year. There's no British Wimbledon. Show. Wimbledon. Excuse okay. me. My <laughs> goodness. Go. I think we've just proved my yep, point. Yep. <laughs> yep. But ever since, uh, ever since, probably Pete Sampras, Sampras has retired. I, I have not yeah. watched tennis. Okay. All right. All right. Well, now that I've just made a fool of myself, uh, 1988 AFC Championship Mile High Stadium, Denver. Uh, the Broncos beat the Browns, 38, uh, 33. Uh, featuring the infamous fumble, uh, Brown's uh, Ernest Biner at the Denver three-yard line uh, with 112 remaining. An iconic moment in NFL history mm-hmm. there. Um, felt feel terrible for him. Yeah, he was a he was a good dude, and so um, was yes. that the drive? No, that was the year. That was a, a few years before that. Was the was drive? It? Okay. Maybe the year before. Because uh, I believe that was – was that against the Browns? That was against the Browns. But that so. was in Cleveland. That was in Cleveland. OK. Uh, 97, NBA suspends Dennis Rodman uh, indefinitely for kicking a cameraman. You remember uh, this? Yes, I do. Yeah. Like kicked him in a very sensitive place. Yes, yes. Uh, I remember my mom vividly telling me how evil Dennis Rodman was. <laughs> and this just furthered her. Point. Was that before or after he put on the wedding dress? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure I was aware of that until I was an adult. Okay. Um, 2012, uh, LeBron James becomes the youngest player in NBA history to record 20,000 career points during the Miami Heat's 92-75 to 75 victory over Golden State. Uh, LeBron James, 28 years old, 17 days past Kobe Bryant, 29 years old, 122 days. Yeah. Awesome. So, who you got? Or what do you have, I guess? I mean, honestly, not say who, but it could be yeah. what. Uh, probably – I'm trying to think of – probably the fumble yeah. is probably the most iconic. As painful as it is for our Cleveland fans listening, yes. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. Well, and I was about to say, well, really that was the Ravens, but they left all the records and mm-hmm. championships yep. there in Cleveland. No, that's, so it's stuck with – If you talk to Browns fans, that's their team. Mm-hmm. The Ravens don't exist until like the Ravens actually. So once they moved, then all of that, like they keep they they kept the history even though they put a new franchise in yeah. Cleveland. Like the 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 history didn't travel with them. Well, do you know in Baltimore they will not put up the word Colts on the scoreboard? It's always Indianapolis. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, because they're still bitter over losing the Indianapolis Colts from yeah. Baltimore to and. Ironically, they just did what Indianapolis did to them by taking another Basically, team. Basically, yeah. 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 So the fumble it is. Although I li- I li- the team name, the Ravens for Edgar Allan Poe, I really like. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good choice. One thing you liked? Um, oh, my goodness. I hadn't thought much about this. It was such a haberdash <laughs> getting here this morning. <laughs> it was. Uh, 
I'm going to say uh, subbing in Sunday school for Matt Harmon. Uh, yeah, I haven't even had week. a chance to ask you how it went. Yeah, um, <laughs> I told your class that you were out gallivanting around Columbus, Ohio with your college buddies. Gallivanting? Gallivanting. Did you use that exact word, gallivanting? I believe I did. Okay. So you're going to have some questions to answer. Okay. Uh, come Sunday morning, if anybody remembers. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we had, we had some some – Tough passages. We we had a couple of weird ones in there. Yeah, you're you were in Luke 22. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, sort of the end of the Last Supper discourse. There, mm-hmm. the last three pericopes. Yeah, pericopes. Yeah, did I use that right? Pericope. Pericopes. Yeah. I've always called them pericopes. It's pericope. Pericope. Yep. I'm a fool. Yeah, <laughs> we've just displayed that again and again today. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, it, if you type that into Microsoft Word, it'll usually autocorrect it to Periscope. Oh yeah. Yeah. So hmm. it's not uncommon for me to read a paper, someone trying to use that word, and I like uh, this periscope follows the yeah. initial introduction. Like what periscope? Wait, wait, what? What? Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard that word actually pronounced. Pericope. Hmm. There it okay. Is. Yeah. Uh, so my one thing is, uh, as you mentioned, I was in Columbus. Uh, Kate and I met up with two couple friends of ours from our college days at OU. And we hung out in Columbus for this past weekend. Nice. Got there Friday night, uh, stayed through Monday. Um, we did a lot of catching up. We rented a fabulous Airbnb. You would have loved it. Yeah. It's, it was terrific. Um, had a lot, of, a lot of good space, played a lot of games, board games. Um, Any good board games? So uh, I had never played. You ever played this game called Secret Hitler? No. <laughs> <laughs> sounds dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's um, it, it's sort of in the vein of. Are you familiar with the game The Resistance? Yes. Okay. So basically, yes. there are there are fascists that you have to root out of the government, and so uh, and also Hitler is one of them. And so it's a game where you don't know who the enemy is, and so you, there's a variety of ways to try to figure out. Who that person is? Okay. So, uh, also a game called Imagine If. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have played okay. that. That was entertaining. Um, so enjoyed that a lot. Uh, watched some playoff football and connected with um, our campus director from Campus Crusade for Christ when we were there. Now lives in Columbus, and so oh, fun. went over there, hung out with him. And I will note on Sunday morning, I did. Do something that uh, I think was not just for leisure purposes. We were at Grace Polaris Church, the mothership. You saw, you saw, and so him. that it was the first uh, Sunday of Zach in Ohio officially candidating for the lead mm. pastor role. So he preached his first candidating sermon, and then he'll do that one more week, and then that week after that. The congregation will have a vote, and Lord willing, they will affirm him as the new lead pastor of the mothership. So it was awesome. fun fun to get to hear him preach, fun to be there to support him and yeah. um, be a part of that. So so it wasn't all just, you know, <laughs> gallivanting. gallivanting. It was, it was, there was some, some ministry purposes there. So all right. sounds like a lovely weekend. It was a fantastic weekend. Fantastic weekend. So we have talked uh, some NFL playoffs, 
We have talked the Trinity in the Old Testament. We have opened up an old wound for our Cleveland fans and poured salt in it by talking about the fumble. Yeah. We have talked about you filling in for me in Sunday school. We've talked about my weekend in Columbus. And so I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.